May 30th, John chapter 18, verse 25, through chapter 19, verse 22. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire, they, the guards, asked him again, Aren't you one of his disciples? I am not, he said. But one of the household servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go in themselves because it would defile them, and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover feast. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, "'What is your charge against this man?' "'We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal,' they retorted. "'Then take him away and judge him by your own laws,' Pilate told them. "'Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone,' the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back inside and called for Jesus to be brought to him. "'Are you the king of the Jews?' he asked him. Jesus replied, "'Is this your own question, or did others tell you about me?' Am I a Jew? Pilate asked. Your own people and their leading priests brought you here. Why? What have you done? Then Jesus answered, I am not an earthly king. If I were, my followers would have fought when I was arrested by the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate replied, You are a king, then? You say that I am a king, and you are right, Jesus said. I was born for that purpose and I came to bring truth to the world. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime, but you have a custom of asking me to release someone from prison each year at Passover. So if you want me to, I'll release the king of the Jews. But they shouted back, No, not this man, but Barabbas! Barabbas was a criminal. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers made a crown of long, sharp thorns and put it on his head, and they put a royal purple robe on him. Hail, King of the Jews, they mocked, and they hit him with their fists. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, Crucify! Crucify! You crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, By our laws he ought to die, because he called himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, He was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. You won't talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or to crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who brought me to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders told him, 
If you release this man, you are not a friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the Stone Pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was now about noon of the day of preparation for the Passover, and Pilate said to the people, Here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him, crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate gave Jesus to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. Carrying the cross by himself, Jesus went to the place called Skull Hill, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him. There were two others crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. And Pilate posted a sign over him that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, so that many people could read it. Then the leading priests said to Pilate, Change it from the King of the Jews to He said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate replied, What I have written, I have written. It stays exactly as it is. How to live the Christian life. How to live the Christian life. The Christian life is one of growth. We start out as children and we grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Now some quick rules. First, the first rule is one in prayer. We have to spend time every day in prayer. The disciples came up to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now you have to learn to walk, don't you? You have to learn to ride a bicycle, don't you? You learn to ride a horse? All right, you have to learn to pray. You learn to pray in the same way. Lord, teach us to pray. Now remember, in living this Christian life, you don't have to live it alone. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The moment you receive Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you to give you the power, the strength, the wisdom, the courage to live the Christian life. Now the Holy Spirit also helps in your prayer life. The scripture says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit helps you to pray. Now may I make a suggestion? There are so many people that say, well, I don't feel like praying. I only pray when I feel like it. Then you're wrong. You should have a definite time and place every day to pray. You have an appointment. You have an interview with Almighty God. Suppose you had an interview with President Eisenhower tomorrow morning. You'd get up and say, well, I don't feel like seeing the President this morning. Or suppose you were going to be presented to the Queen. Well, I don't feel like it this morning. No, you'd be there. You'd be dressed in your best. You'd go and present yourself to the Queen. Well, every day, God, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, is waiting. He has given you an audience at any time of the day, and you fail to keep your appointment. Have a definite time that you set aside and pray when you least feel like it. The will is involved here too. You say, I don't feel like it. All right, your, your emotions, 
Your body says, I don't feel like it. My mind says, I don't feel like praying. My will makes me go and spend time in prayer because prayer is work. Prayer is work. And many times you make yourself keep your appointment with God and out of some of those moments come your most precious moments and some of your greatest answers to prayer. And that's the second thing. If you're going to live the Christian life, there must be discipline in your life. It's a way of discipline. The Christian life is a way of renunciation and hardship. Jesus said, narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. The Bible tells us that a Christian is a soldier who must suffer hardship. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier, Jesus Christ said Paul to Timothy. The Christian is likened to a boxer who masters his own body and practices self-restraint. And all the way through the New Testament, you'll read words like this describing the Christian life. Fight, wrestle, run, work, suffer, endure, resist, agonize, put to death. All of these are New Testament words describing the Christian life. It is to be a disciplined life. We have to discipline our minds, the things that we read, the things that we think. No evil thoughts are to come into our minds, and if they do, they're to be expelled immediately. Our minds are to be disciplined so that we don't spend our time reading trash and literature that does not develop the mind and develop the soul, or watching the wrong types of television programs. We don't throw our time away. We don't let our minds run idle. Our minds are disciplined. Our tongues are disciplined too. We say, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Our time is disciplined. We redeem the time because the days are evil. These little minutes, these little bits of jewel that God gives us every day, these little jewels, they can never be recalled. They have to be dedicated to Christ. This body of mine is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in me. The Bible says that with my body there is to be self-control. Self-control. Meekness. Blessed are the meek, said Jesus. That's what meekness means. It means temperance, self-control. I'm to live a disciplined life. Oh, today how little discipline we have in the way we live. How little discipline we have in our Christian experience and our Christian lives. And that's the reason thousands of Christians are failing. There is no discipline. There must be discipline. Our Father and our God, we pray that tonight we all might be conscious that thine eye is upon us. We pray tonight that thy Holy Spirit will draw all men unto the Savior. For we ask it in his name. Amen.